I think Paul had uh, days that he just set aside to forget stuff. He had a lot of stuff to forget. Uh, the Apostle Paul was plagued. Uh, no doubt his memories probably plagued him with all the things that he did. He persecuted the church. He was, he was responsible for Christians being killed. But he was saying, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, therefore, let us. Who is he speaking to? Let us, brethren. Let us. Now, so if we're going to follow his example, there's some things that you need to forget. There's some things that you need to say good riddance to. There's some, there's some things that we need to leave behind because that's exactly what he is saying. For, I'm forgetting some stuff, and I'm focusing on the future, and I'm going to press towards something, all right? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Our, uh, the Amplified says, let it hold these convictions. What are convictions? What are convictions? They're... they're uh, proven truths. There is something that there are things in your life that you build your life on. They are truths that you know to be the truth uh, but that you build your life on. Convictions. We used to hear a lot of preaching about convictions. You and I need to have convictions that we build our life on. Truths that we build our life on. I realize that a lot of us uh, have convictions that other people don't have that we rule our life by simply because we know that it's not going to get us in trouble if we build these things. Not, not, and some of them are not, not even exactly scriptural, but they're just good principles to live by. But they're still convictions, okay? So uh, hold these convictions. And if, if anything you think otherwise, if in any respect you have a different attitude of mind. In other words, if you're here and, and, and you're not, if you're not you know, forgetting some things and, and realizing you need to get more in tune with God, what he's saying is in the, to the brethren in Philippi, if you have a different attitude of mind, God will reveal it to you. So that's what I want today. I want God to reveal some things to us, all of us. Now, uh, if you don't have a pencil, we have pencils up here. For those of you that have paper that's going to get involved in this. Some of you are, are going to listen, and you're going to leave here the same as you have come. You're, you're just, you're, you know, you're hearers. Okay? Now, that, that, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm just saying that the hearers do not change. How many knows that that's the last day sign? In the last days, there'll, there'll be a drought of, of the hearing of the Word of God. It's going to be a drought. That's just a last day sign. People are going to heap them teachers that will uh, teach them things that will tickle their ears. And uh, the teacher in both will wind up in a, in a bad place. So I'm gonna, I want you to take stock and I want you to let's do inventory first of our spiritual life. Can we do that? Now now notice I want, I want us to take inventory of our spiritual life not, for, not to condemn us but to give us a platform of what we want to do and, and, and as our goals in the future. Things that we need to build on. Alright? Go to this next slide. Honest evaluation of our lives. To position ourselves for advancement in the coming year. That's what this is all about. Okay, we're going to position ourselves for advancement in the coming year. Now, I want you to write some of these things. Now, I'm giving you some, some things to think about, but you, when you list these things on your paper, you can do different stuff, all right? But I'm just giving you kind of a, an outline of what I go by. Number one, take inventory, all right? 
How many books or what book of the Bible have you read this past year? Now, I realize that now we're not asking you publicly. You don't have, you don't have to raise your hands. Or how many uh, scripture verses have you read? Are put to memory. Do you have a daily devotional or a weekly one? How much are you really into the Word? This last year, I want you to just evaluate yourself. That, uh, how much, how much of, the, of the Word of God have you read on your own time, personally? You say, well, I'm a Christian and, and I just don't have the time to do that. Well, that's a violation of, of the principle of the Word of God. Man shall not live by but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, why is that important? Because the word of God is the only thing that's going to feed your spiritual man. The word of God is the only thing that will increase your faith. If your faith is not growing, I can tell you why it's not growing. You're not into the word. If your spiritual man is weak, you're eating too many biscuits and gravy and not off the word. Look at me. I ate that biscuit and gravy. Can, can we just shoot straight today? Okay, let's just shoot straight today, all right? So um, we're, we're listening to these things for an evaluation of our life so that we're going to do some different things in the future, all right? Go to the second one. How many Bible studies did you attend or participate in? Do you have your own personal Bible study? Do you feed yourself? Can you see evidence of growth and grace and righteousness in your life? Is there fruit being produced in your life? Now, realize, I want to say again, these things, these things are private. They're with you, and they're not meant to condemn you, but they're meant to, they are meant to challenge you. That as we come to the end of this 2014, there's some things that we need to prepare ourselves to put us in a position for a, a greater advancement in the future. Number three, did you write down sermon notes? Did you learn anything? Boy, don't answer that one out loud. From my preaching, you probably didn't learn nothing. Did the Holy Spirit speak to you about anything personally? Most importantly, did you obey? Did you obey? Is obedience important? Did you write down sermon notes? No, but I listen. <laughs> we are. <laughs> when mom goes to visit another church, the first thing I ask her, she, I said, well, how was the preaching? She said, oh, it was good. And then my next question was, what did you preach on? I don't know, but it was good. Sometimes if you write it down, you remember it longer. <laughs> Number four, go listen to this. Uh, how much time did you spend intentionally alone with the Lord? How much time did you spend intentionally alone with the Lord this past year? Shut in with God in the secret place. There in the Spirit, beholding His face, gaining new power to run in this race. I long to be shut in with God. 
shut in with God in my secret place. There in the Spirit, beholding His face, gaining new power to run in this race. I long to be shut in with God. Could be in your car. Could be alone at home, in your office. How much time did we intentionally set aside to be alone with God? Number five. How many Sundays were you in the house of worship? How many Sundays in 2014 were you in the house of worship? Out to the side on your note, put Psalms 122, verse 1. Put it in parentheses. You look it up when you get home. I can tell you what it says. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house. Let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. Number six, count up the investment of time, talent, and resources you made advancing the kingdom's purpose through personal service to the Lord this past year. How much was you personally involved in advancing the kingdom of God on the earth this past year? How much of you did you invest how much of your time how much of your talent how much of your resources did you personally in your personal service to God number seven do an honest accounting of your financial giving to the church and to Christian ministries for the advancement of the kingdom Do an honest accounting of your financial giving to the church and to Christian ministries for the advancement of the kingdom. Number eight. Count up the divine appointments you encountered as you walked day by day with the Lord this past year. Count up the divine appointments you encountered how many times did God use you in a special way this past year and you knew that you was in the right place at the right time because God wanted you there and it's one of those divine appointments. May I say to you, number eight is dependent upon the other seven. We're listening to these things to help us see the improvement we need to make in this coming year. Go to the next slide. Let go. Here's the things that we need to, I want you to list the things we want to leave behind. Things we want to say good riddance to. Now we'll give you some spiritual things to, to help you to mark some advances you need to make. Now here's some things that we need to leave behind. Let go of the painful memories. 2014 has 
held some memories, painful memories for a lot of us. Not all memories are precious. We need to let go of some painful memories. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Don't, don't get too ahead of me now. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 just simply talk, tells about the things that we need to think about. Uh, there, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are good report, whatsoever things. And, and the qualifying uh, principle in, in thinking, there's a lot of things that are true, but, but there's, no, uh, there's no virtue or praise involved in it. So that's not, God says, you don't have to think about that. But think about the things that has virtue and praise in it. Things that edify you. Things that build you up. And uh, you just pull the file on those things. But let go of the painful memories. Number two. Say good riddance to bad experiences. Say good riddance. Man, turn the page on bad experiences. Have you had some bad experiences this past year? Whoo, Lord have mercy. Remember the lessons that you learned in the bad experiences, okay? But put the experience behind you. Put the experience behind you. Say good riddance to it. We're going to write it down because we're going to say good riddance to it in just a moment. We're going to turn the page on these bad experiences. Number three, those foolish mistakes. Uh, we all make them, don't we? Boy, foolish mistakes. Things that we knew better. Uh, those things that slipped out of my mouth that I shouldn't have said. And, oh, man, on the list can go on and on. Foolish mistakes. We all make them. And some of them are in your mind. You need to write those things down because the enemy is using those to trip you. All of these things that I'm sharing with you are things that gunk up our spiritual life. So we're going to say good riddance to these things that just gunk up our spiritual life. And we're going to position ourselves for advancement in 2015. And some of those things, those, those foolish mistakes, you can't go back and undo it. So the best thing you can do is write it down and, and we're going to say good riddance to it this morning. And then number four, dumb choices. It's a cousin to foolish mistakes. I think they're kin. Yes, you could have had a V8, but you made a dumb choice. Oh. <laughs> I could have had a V8. But you made a dumb choice. Now, I'm, 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 these things are coming from someone who understands dumb choices. I've made some dumb choices in my time. Made some dumb choices this past year. And I'm leaving them behind. Listen to them. I'm leaving them behind. Number five, bad relationships. You want to position yourself for blessings in 2015, you better examine the relationships you are making. Not all relationships you have are ones that edify you. Psalm 1 and verse 1, bless. starts out with bless. How blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel, what? Of the ungodly, nor sets in the sea. Okay, hear that. You need to read Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Not all relationships are good ones. Does, does that mean you, you, that you don't love them or pray for them? Or there's just some relationships that are bad. It, it comes from a dumb choice. And you know a lot of people is making some dumb choices right now. And they're involved in some bad relationships. And it's going to turn around to destroy them physically and spiritually. 
My heart breaks when uh, Christian people get involved in bad relationships. There's some Christians that are not good to run with. Moving right on here. Okay. Number six. Long-held grudges. Long-held grudges. Things that gunk up your, our spiritual life. Listen. So somebody wronged you. Welcome to the real world. It's not going to be the last time either. And if you can't get over the last one, how are you going to get through the rest of them? Your spiritual life is just going to get more gunked up, more gunked up. Uh, you need an oil change. Okay? You need to change the filter on your spiritual life. And you need to release. You know who's going to find release? You are. Position yourself for release in this coming year by getting rid of those long-held grudges. Now, let me, let me prepare you. It, it, you're going to have an opportunity this coming year, should Jesus tarry, to, to, to get a good, another good grudge on. I mean, that's just the way life is. That's what the enemy uses to trip you up. That is the thing that, man, he knows that if he can get you to be, get into the unforgiveness business, then Jesus quits forgiving you. Isn't that, is that scripture? Forgive so you can be forgiven. Let go of those things. In your relationships. I try to get Linda all the time to forgive me. And I tell her, God's not pleased with that. You've got to give it up. We, we've been going together for married almost 49 years. It'll be 49 in June. Won't it? And she would, you would think that she would learn that I'm not going to change, so she needs to forgive me. Amen. <laughs> Turn them loose. I know we're laughing a little. Sometimes a little humor makes the medicine go down. But turn it loose. Turn yourself loose. Number seven, binding habits. We all have them. Binding habits in our behavior or in our language, in our lifestyle. We have habits that make or break us. How many of us being late's a habit? Now I'm preaching. Yeah, yeah, shout me down now, baby. How many knows that constantly being late is a habit? Is that a good or a bad habit? Bad habit. You need to, it, it is really disrespectful to be late for appointments. It's disrespectful to the person who's waiting on you. Have you ever been late? Don't make it a habit. There's bad habits in our behavior. There's bad habits in our lifestyle. There's bad habits in our language. We keep saying, sometimes you can bring curse on yourself by what you are saying. Change what you're saying about yourself. So if we get into some bad habits. I know that it's just, it's just, you know, it comes out without thinking, okay? But changing habits... Notice what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily does what? Ensnares us. Bad habits, the weights. In this coming year, I want to run lighter. You can, you can go a lot farther by running lighter than you can by carrying around a lot of weight. But the only way you can get rid of that is to, to write these things down Take an inventory of your life. Say good riddance to some of the things that's causing you problems so that you can run the race better in the, in the year ahead. 
Number eight, crippling failures. Crippling failures that you can't get past. How many besides me has taken in a couple of good failures? Crippling failures. I want to give you some instructions about failure while you're listing some of these things. You can put, now some of the things that I didn't mention, some things that are giving you problems, I want you to list these things on that paper. Will you do that? I just gave you eight, some general things that maybe you need to list, uh, some of those. But while I'm talking and talk to you about these failures, just put down some things that, that you personally are just struggling with some areas in that just gunk up your spiritual life. Can you do that? I want to give you some instruction about failure from someone who's qualified, me. I've, I've done, you know, Chuck Swindoll years ago wrote a book, Three Steps Forward, Two Steps Back. Failure is just going to, there's just going to be some failures in our life. And, and the reason that is because we're humans. So I'm going to give you some instruction about failure. Failure doesn't mean you've blown everything. It means you've learned a hard lesson. Now, some of these little things like that, little sayings, you need to write down your Bible. Because you are going to take, you know, now you, you and I made some failures in 2014, and we'll probably make some in 2015. But hopefully we can get past them faster in this coming year than we have. But there's some failures, crippling failures, that probably are you, you bump into uh, on a, maybe on a weekly basis. And, uh, it, and it bothers you. Maybe there's some failures that the enemy in your mind is beating you over the head about. That's what I'm talking about. A failure doesn't mean you've blown everything. It means you have learned a hard lesson. I've learned some lessons the hard way, have we not? Secondly, I want you to write this one down. Failure is a one-time event, not a destination. Don't circle the wagons around a failure. It is a one-time event. Uh, it's, not something, it's not a lifestyle. It's a one-time event. Don't circle the wagons here or put up a sign and say, this is where I'm going to stay because that's not your destination. That's just a one-time event. Everybody experiences failure of one kind or another. So what are you going to do? Are you going to camp there? No, you're going to get pick yourself up and go on because that's not your final destination. Now, I want to share with you some things and how God deals with failure. How does Jesus deal with failure? How does Jesus deal with disciples who have failed? Okay, as we, as we list these things that we want to say good riddance to and the things that we are kind of examining our life to, to base on, on where we want to be this coming year, how does Jesus deal with his disciples who have failed? Check this out. Number one, Jesus sends for him. Now, I'm going to take these lessons from a man who it was in Jesus' inner circle. His name was Peter. Uh, he was not just uh, a member of the 12. He was part of the inner circle. Jesus had an inner circle besides the 12. Now, they made up the 12. But how many knows that Peter, James, and John was an inner circle? Everywhere Jesus went, there was an inner circle that went with him. And if you read the scripture and study, Peter, James, and John was that inner circle. Now, they were part of the 12, but I, they went everywhere. And Peter was probably the number one closest to the Son of God. 
So how does God deal with a disciple who's failed? Did Peter fail? Oh, boy. I mean, every time we want to talk about failure, if you want to pull a, an example, you pull on uh, uh, this guy's name out. In the upper room, boy, he, he, he opened his mouth, insert foot. I mean, this guy was always doing this. And he was making brags about what he could do and what he couldn't do. But after this big fisherman failed, you know what Jesus did? Number one, he sent for him. The women who first went to the tomb on resurrection morning, there was a special message given to them, special instructions. You go tell the disciples and who? Peter. Why was it important? Because he wanted to single Peter out. Peter, listen, I'm sinning for you. I'm interested in all 12, but I, I want to see you. And so Jesus, how does he deal with a person who has failed? He sins for him. Now listen, if you and I have failed, you've got to remember, if Jesus dealt with his, one of his favorite people the same way, would he do you any different? He, did, he doesn't write this person off. He sins for him. I want you to go tell the disciples, but especially Peter. He failed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He cuts off a servant's ear. He fails in the courtyard of Caiaphas, uh, who cursed. He was by the fire. And some little girl comes up, asks him, says, you're one of the disciples. And he began to curse as only a sailor or a fisherman could curse. But tell Jesus. You know, Jesus said, I, I, I need him. Tell Peter, I want to see him. And then secondly, not only does Jesus send for him, but hopefully it'll come in. Jesus meets with him. I, I didn't know this until I was studying about this. Um, he, met, he met with the 12 and he met with all the others, but he meets with, Jesus, with Peter personally, one-on-one, -on -one, FaceTime with him. And if you read Luke 24, verse 34, You'll find out after the, after the road to Emmaus where he reveals himself to the disciples, uh, they, they go back and they, they make uh, reports. The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Somewhere, we don't know where it happened. Uh, we know it happened, we just don't know where, but he appears and he met with Peter personally. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 5 says, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. Jesus looked him up. After the resurrection, he looked him up. So he sent for him, and then he met with him. And then three, Jesus challenges him. Read John chapter 21 in your devotions in your spare time. It's all about he got this big idea. He said, I'm going to go fishing. This is after the resurrection. And he says, I'm going fishing. A bunch of them went with him. They toiled all night, caught nothing. Here they are. They're fishermen. They know the sea. They know how to fish. They've caught nothing. Then suddenly they see somebody on the shore. And he asked him, he said, you got anything to eat? You got any fish? No, we haven't caught nothing. He said, well, cast the net on the right-hand side and you'll find some. They tossed the net out on the right side. They catch a net full of fish and instantly they recognize, hey, that's Jesus. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Why these, these fishermen who was wise in the way of fishing, he was teaching them one of the most important lessons that you and I can ever learn that it's not in your might and it's not in your talent and it's not in, in the way that you do things that's going to bring results. It's going to be if you and I obey God that's going to bring results and trust Him to bring the results to pass. The Scripture just simply says it this way. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And He wanted these men to recognize it and learn it. And so He challenges them, will you obey me? That is one of our biggest hurdles is because 
sometimes we just do not believe that God can fulfill his promise. So he challenged him. He sends for him. Jesus meets with him. And then Jesus challenges him. And then fourthly, Jesus restores his purpose. Failure is not final with the Father. He restores a relationship. It's by a fire. Isn't it interesting? By a fire side, he rejects Christ. I don't know him. By a fireside, he makes that decision to turn his back. But a few weeks later at a fireside, he reaffirms his love for the Savior. It's interesting how things work out. He restores his purpose. Peter, do you love me? God, you know I love you. Three times the Savior asked him, do you love me? And then he said, feed my sheep. Restored his purpose, his mission. Failure is not final. In fact, you know what I found out a lot of things about failure? Failure is a stepping stone or a platform for God to elevate you in the kingdom. If you, if you acknowledge and face the failure correctly and, and, and stick with God in the process, it is a stepping stone to where God wants you to go. So he sent for him. He met with him. He challenged him. And then he restores his purpose. That's how he deals with people who fail. If God will do that for Peter, do you think he'll do that for you? Amen. Today I want you to turn the page on some things. Rocky, I want you to go back there and I want you to, I, there should be a barrel, a trash barrel in that closet. Will you bring that out here? In fact, I don't, I'm, on, I'm on a big one. Those things that you have listed that, that you want to say good riddance to. You don't have to sign them. Don't want your name on them. You know what they are. I'm going to put a big trash can right up here. And in a moment, I want you to move from your seat and roll up that paper. And today, you're going to say good riddance to those things that have hindered you and gunked up your spiritual life in 2014. Will you do that? I'm going to pray while Rocky's bringing this barrel. Just go ahead and pull it out of that cart, Rocky, if you can. I think the barrel will come out of the cart. Okay, if it won't, just bring the cart too. You can tell this was planned. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you give your people courage today, courage to be honest with themselves and honest with you. So many things got on my list that I want to say good riddance to today. So many things, bad experiences. Man, 2014 has been a lot of experiences that wasn't pleasant. Taking in a few failures got along the way. Made some dumb choices. And I realized when I inspected my spiritual life, there was things that I need to improve on. But I'm saying good riddance to those things of 2014, and now I'm planning and, and purposing in my heart that I'm going to build on some positive things in my life. But I'm going to say good riddance 
And I'm going to turn some, uh, the page on some things that I need to leave in my past. Folks all over the building has written down stuff that they just need to say good riddance to today. And they're going to come by faith today and they're going to throw those things in this, this barrel. We're going to take it out into the trash and we're going to do away with it. Good riddance. We're going to focus on our tomorrows and a closer relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Those of you that want to, I want you to come. I want you to roll up that paper that you've written things on. Things that you want to say good riddance to. I want you to come throw it in this barrel. Do, do away with some things that's past. We're going to start something new. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.